Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is a big web for you. I mean, only yesterday you announced the largest budget ever to save and improve lives globally. Unless you're a little bit frustrated that not many people think about health. Why? Uh, health is you know, pretty central to the human condition. If you go back uh, over 100 years, about a third of all kids died before the age of five. And uh, in rich countries, those numbers went down. Uh, uh, by the turn of the century, we had gotten to where uh, about 10 million kids uh, died every year under the age of five, uh, and mostly in poor countries, uh, partly because the death rates were 20 times higher there and because a lot of the births were there. And this is you know, one of the great stories ever is how we use things like Gobi that was introduced here uh, at at Davos to get out vaccines to all the world's children and cut that down below five million a year. Uh, so it had visibility, it was a priority in funding, uh, it's a priority in terms of innovation, uh, and that's the Gates Foundation's primary area. Uh, today, you know, we do face some headwinds, not on the innovation side. The innovation side, we've got AI, we have many new tools uh, coming, but the actual funding for delivery you know, aid budgets are flat overall, so that means the amount of money for health in Africa is going down quite a bit as other topics come up. You'd hope that as people say, hey, here's new money for climate or some other cause, that you know, they'd maintain their commitment to the high impact interventions. Uh, we'll see as we raise money for Gobi, you know, can we get an increase, can we stay flat, or is the most impactful aid in the world, uh, pushing us for that five million to go back up, instead of what, if we really are vigilant, uh, sometime in the 2030s, we'll be able to get that down to two and a half million. But why is that so hard? And again, is it because people have perception is that there are other crises that they need to fight, and so this you know, goes down the priority list? Well, the, you know, the first thing that would be ideal is if countries would get to 0.7% uh, in their aid budget, and then you would have room for Ukraine and climate and education and vaccines. You know, we'd, we'd be in great shape. Uh, people were at that 0.7%. Uh, and so the Gates Foundation is the biggest advocate for overall generosity there, and then making sure the health portion, which is very high impact, to make sure that that's well spent and that uh, the voters who get behind that feel good about, okay, uh, you're responsible for this result with only you know, a tiny, tiny portion of your, your budget. Uh, and there are not only humanitarian benefits, stability, economy, environment, uh, huge benefits because as we make the world healthy, that's where you get uh, the population growth actually uh, gets to a, a steady state. 
So what do you want to focus on in health? And we have some actually pretty incredible gadgets that use also AI to scan, for example, when um, females are pregnant, whether the baby is okay. But in the next two to three years, like what would your priorities be? Well, I've been uh, amazed at the speed of innovation. And that's even before now we'll use AI tools to design new vaccines and, and get at the very toughest problems like uh, getting a great HIV vaccine. This is a, a device that'll cost uh, $1,000 or less. Uh, and we connect it to AI software. And you know, so the cost per uh, delivery is less than a dollar where you scan and you see, is there anything about the cord or the amniotic sac uh, that that woman is likely going to need a C-section? And so we funded looking at uh, tens of thousands of pregnancies and showed the AI here, this one came out normal, this one came out abnormal. And so it's even better than the best human at doing that prediction. And so you know, even in rural Africa, uh, you connect this to a cell phone, you do the scan, uh, tells you what you need to know, and that would cut uh, maternal deaths in half uh, if we made it uh, broadly available. And so what's the challenge in making, and I've seen pictures, I mean, it's incredible, you can really hook it up to an iPad, and you can kind of see even when there's like, you know, a nurse in, in a village of, of like 10 females, what's the challenge in getting that to the right place at scale? Well, we had to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to invent this, and now it's going through the regulatory process, and that's also very expensive. Sadly, there's no natural market for this. You know, the people who benefit from it have very little money, so the normal market mechanism of is this a priority for the innovation agenda without uh, governments being generous and philanthropy, it just never happens. Uh, but it's coming together. I was in... Uh, Kenya's seen the work, um, and you know we'll get it out there. We have partnerships with lots of the ultrasound companies, including Philips, who, uh, if we fund it, they they work with us very well. And this is an HPV single dose, so you basically have a, a backpack of goodies that saves lives. Yeah, there's a ton of this stuff, uh, uh, and. Here with HPV, we did something pretty amazing. We brought the cost of the vaccine down by bringing a lot of manufacturers in, people like Serum, some Chinese manufacturers. But we also did something uh, that was very expensive and risky, is we went out and really studied women who'd only gotten one dose of the vaccine and showed that they were as protected as well as people who'd had two or three doses. And that means that given that you know, the vaccine budget is super limited, because now we're at single dose, uh, which over 20 countries have adopted, we can protect twice as many women uh, with our very limited resources as we could when uh, the view was that you had to get out there with two doses. And you know, it's not you know, who's motivated to spend tens of millions of dollars and prove something like that. It just, in, you know, the, there's no market mechanism that ever proves you need less doses. But politicians, are they listening? So I, we have multiple crises, it's wars, it's climate change, it's inflation. I mean, has healthcare worldwide really dropped off the list when you speak to world leaders? Well, when we raised money for Global Fund a year ago, we actually end up with a little bit less money, uh, which is tragic. Uh, as we raise, and Global Fund works on TB, malaria, and HIV. 
as we raise money for Gobby at the end of this year, as we see, uh, does the U.S. maintain its commitment to its HIV work, which is both its PEPFAR bilateral work and it's by far the largest donor, 25% of the global fund, we'll see if these, you know, high, high impact, saving lives for less than $1,000 per life saved, if in the face of things that, you know, are not as dramatic, uh, you know, those are getting more attention. You know, if we had held a meeting on global health, I don't think we'd get 70,000 people to come. You know, we'd work hard to get 700 uh, people to come. And yet, the, if you want people to be uh, dealing with climate change, making sure a kid has good nutrition is by far more impactful because then even if there's a little bit more malaria or uh, a little bit more heat, that's what makes them incredibly resilient. And yet, that nutrition research and investments, they're not counted in this quota of, okay, let's shift the money. Uh, and global health is, is a little bit off the radar screen right now. So you've really made healthcare your life's work. And I think this morning you said, look, you're a little bit jealous of the attention of COP. Well, I'm involved in climate change as well. I'm actually the, you know, I do more philanthropy for climate change than, yeah. than anyone else does. I fund more private companies. It's a very important yeah, issue yeah. over the long run. Uh, you know, as fields mature, you figure out how to spend money well. And in the year 2000, Global Health, we weren't doing autopsies. That's a thing the, the Gates Foundation funds to really understand the burden of disease. We weren't gathering the data. We fund international health metrics to do that. And the donors weren't engaged and working together. And so that's been super successful. Climate's at a very early stage, and so a lot of these grants are, are not high impact, not very good at, at measuring it. The innovation agenda there, uh, which will also be AI supercharged, is very exciting. So I'm, you know, I'm actually optimistic about climate and health uh, but for the next 10 years, where money's going to be so limited, we need, you know, if you want to care about health, uh, climate impacts, the health spending should go up, not down. Are, are you worried about elections around the world and the fact that actually it could also change our, I guess, dedication or spending in general towards some of the Yeah, the causes? challenge I talked about is before you factor in the potential of having governments that don't really care about their role in the world and you know don't want to go forward with the generosity of spirit working with others. So that would be, uh, you know, for example, the US commitment to HIV. If that goes away, you know, that's tens of millions of deaths. So that's really big. I mean, that's way more than all the wars put together. Can the private companies step in to try and, and fill a potential void? Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. 
And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Basically, no. Uh, companies can help. They can help with the visibility. They can help with the innovation. They can, uh, there's a lot they can do. But the you know, $130 billion of aid money that's given, uh, we're not going to get the private sector, even philanthropy, to make up any shortfalls there. It's just the numbers don't work. Malaria, I mean, this is a, also a huge topic that needs to be addressed. Well, malaria is, you know, when we first got started, uh, of those 10 million deaths, a million of them were malaria deaths. That's down to a half million. Uh, and we have incredible tools. We work, for example, with the chemical companies on bed nets. Mm -hmm. You know, we fund the trials. We have a next generation of bed nets that deals with the resistance. We have some very incredible tools that will take five years to deploy that called gene drive that are for decimating mosquito populations and used in combination with prophylaxis and treatment, we have a chance of reducing the malaria map uh, and eventually getting to full eradication. That's probably a 20-year thing. You know, our, the lifetime of our foundation is right about that. So. Uh, you know, we're working on polio is our big eradication right now, along with some of the neglected diseases like guinea worm. Uh, but as we succeed in that, you know, with malaria, with measles, uh, we, we need to get rid of them all together. Is the U.S., and of course it's a big election year, um, if, you know, Donald Trump comes into the House, but even under a, a Biden second administration, what does that mean for all of these what does it mean exactly for how much they're going to spend on health? How much, how will they deal with climate change and even AI? Well, the U.S. in terms of uh, fostering climate innovation, the IRA is the biggest thing that ever happened in the world in terms of accelerating climate innovation. Uh, and so a lot of the companies, I'm in over 120 companies that work on the different areas of emissions, they are moving much faster. Some of them couldn't even exist without those tax credits, which over time will allow them to get green technologies that don't bear what I call a green premium. And so you can make cement uh, around the world with no emissions, but not paying more. At first, it will cost more. And that's why the learning curve uh, tax credits in the IRA are so critical to not just solving this problem for the US, but solving it for the entire world. Scale up, it matters if those green premiums are eliminated or are brought down to be very low. So certainly in climate and caring about the world, voters you know, will be somewhat uh, expressing their moral views in terms of who, who they pick going forward. You know, should, should the WHO, and, you know, should its work continue? Uh, should, you know, PEPFAR continue? Um, it's a question. 
But if the U.S. doesn't fulfill that role, are there other countries that can step up? Not a chance. <laughs> Not even if they come together? Oh, I mean, they, the, the U.S. is the world's biggest economy. The, the percentage of innovation that, that's issued in the And I, you know, I go to every government and I say, please be more generous. But I've never been able to say, hey, the U.S. Uh, is being selfish. Why don't you go to your taxpayers and say, hey, let's make up for U.S. selfishness. I, that pitch has never really gotten that much uh, traction. Um, so no, the, the, the figure of merit is percentage of GDP. 0.7% is considered very generous. Only Norway and Sweden are above that. You know, Germany's at that level. The UK was at that level, went back down to 0.5. Uh, the US is at 0.24, which you know, when Bush came into office, we were at 0.1. The biggest increase uh, in my lifetime was during President Bush administration. He did a malaria program, uh, both of the HIV programs, pretty incredible. And that's been maintained on a bipartisan basis. It's only now that we see it, it, it being attacked. Um, you know, so it hangs in the balance. We had a great 20-year celebration last year of the over 20 million lives that have been saved with that program. But I mean, a lot of the time you spend is also tr to making sure that health care is top of the agenda. Right, that's, it's almost well, like a market. Well, care about humans, uh, right. you know, childhood death, women bleeding to death. And we're not talking about small numbers. We're talking right. about millions and millions. Uh, you know, and people decide, is that, you know, a priority uh, for a tiny part of their, their budgets? Uh, you know, should there be more giving? All these things can help. Uh, and it's a very positive thing because, you know, I have you know, dozens of innovations uh, that have been funded over these last 10 years that are very low cost and ready to roll out. And that's why the two and a half million is within reach if we stay focused on, on these things. And that would get you to 2% of kids dying before the age of five. Yeah. Rich countries are 1%. And so you'd be within a factor of two of you know, sort of the basic statement of the Gates Foundation, which is all lives have equal value. So we won't get there in my lifetime, but we will get close if we stay involved and committed. I mean, COVID has also changed our relationship to, to healthcare. What, what does that mean for vaccination, hesitancy in developing countries and developed nations? Well, the you know, the misinformation about vaccines uh, and associating certain people like myself or Fauci having malign intent with vaccines, that was most acute in the United States. But uh, the pandemic, which you would have thought, wow, global health research, to talking about health, being ready for the next pandemic, you know, when you've got millions of deaths, isn't that, you know, it's sad, it's tragic, but isn't it at least there a benefit that health is on the agenda? Sadly, it's a topic nobody wants to talk about because it was painful, you know, it's over, uh, let's move on from that. And even the idea of, okay, the importance of WHO, the importance of vaccine, re importance of vaccine research, and telling people, hey, vaccines really are very well tested, that's a, a question. Historically, when we've had vaccine hesitancy, for example, in Nigeria in 2001, the polio campaign uh, faced disaster when some politicians said, 
that oral polio vaccine was sterilizing Muslim women. And it took us five years working with the religious leaders where they would visibly vaccinate their children and talk about where the vaccine came and how it avoided children being paralyzed or dying. Uh, and we were able to get rid of polio from Nigeria. We have two countries left, uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan, where we've never gotten to zero. It spread back to Africa, so we have to also clean that up. But the hardest part um, that we're very close on, with a little bit of luck in a few years, uh, we should be able to get to zero is Pakistan and Afghanistan. Bill Gates, we have two minutes left. How, how do you harness AI to, to be good, actually, for humankind? Well, AI, I'd say that you know, it's going to raise productivity generally. And normal capital markets with great competition from Microsoft and Google will drive that. And you should all pay attention because it is so dramatic how it improves white collar productivity. And later with the robotics, not yet, but eventually blue collar productivity. So that is phenomenal for the world. The world will be richer and you know, can work less and have, have more. The place where it's with equity, and, and we have a huge commitment to make sure there's not this normal 20-year lag between benefit to the rich versus to developing countries, is that there's a bigger teacher shortage in Africa than elsewhere, a bigger doctor shortage. And so not only will we invent new tools using AI, like the ultrasound, we will provide health advice um, and directly you know, in their local African language, uh, fully tailored to the conditions in those countries, we will provide an AI doctor, we will provide an AI tutor. And already we've funded lots of Africans to do pilot studies and to take the very best technology and get it out uh, at about the same time as it'll happen in the rich world. In fact, in a few cases, rich world regulations may make it roll out slower than in countries like India or in Africa. So it's a race, but it's a race uh, for good. And you know, I couldn't be more thrilled. You know, it's a case where my work, ongoing work with Microsoft you know, helps me understand how we take this into the developing countries. So, but overall, you're net positive on AI in general, globally. AI, everything. AI is a brilliant tool uh, for people to be more productive. Now, it means the bad guys will be more productive, so they can do more cyber attacks, so they can design weapons. You always, you know, the internet, the microprocessor, all these things uh, helped everybody be more efficient, including the bad guys. And so you, you've got to make sure the best AI for cyber defense or you know, measures to defend against bioterrorism are in the hand of the good guys. And you know, it, it's a challenge, but you know, people sometimes lose sight of the fact that this is the biggest productivity advance in, in our lifetimes. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.